Oh, nothing is real. So what's the order we're doing things? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I had to check. Um, <laughs> quick, Josh, quick, do the do the thing. Oh, God. Hello, everyone, and welcome no, to... No, not Gen- that thing. The other oh, part. Oh, shucks. The other part? The newsflash uh, part. Yeah. The part that Drew just did? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Demonstrate the Loop, a Magic the Gathering podcast covering everything from discussions, deck techs, and set dissections. Hey. I am your beautiful host, <laughs> Drew, and I am joined today by Josh. Say hello, Josh. Hello. I don't think I would have remembered all three. Okay. And go ahead and say hello, Dan. <laughs> Because uh, that's what I would have said. Um, I also would have probably forgotten all three. That's been pretty consistent recently. <laughs> yep, forgotten all three. That's much worse than what I was saying. Three what now, Drew? What is today's episode? And what's the month's theme? Just as a reminder, the month's theme is um, in keeping with Thursday and Thanksgiving. We are doing a string of episodes, including one that will be up before this one, but is not up as of time of recording because of birthdays and such. Also an election. Why not? So <laughs> what is that? Why not? Is that we are in the spirit of Thanksgiving and inviting people to the table and also in just kind of doing a couple episodes that are more beginner focused, more beginner friendly. These are our welcoming people to the table episodes. Our uh, previous episode was about how logistically um, each of us have built uh, two decks per host um, to help you kind of get the idea that like once you're coming to Commander, how you literally start building your first deck. And today's episode is once you have a pile of 100 loose cards stacked up like some kind of shoddy skyscraper, how do you... Um, both elicit advice on how to improve it. And then in the later half of the episode, how do you give better advice? If you are someone who is a bit more versed in the format, a bit more seasoned of a player. (laughs) 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 Yes. Very good. So taking and receiving um, a deck constructive criticism is essentially what, what, what we're talking about here. All right, and you said we are starting with the with the idea of you built a deck and you just want some advice. What's the best way to go about receiving that or asking for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so who mm-hmm. would like to who would like to start? Who's got the well, first advice? Well, I mean, I was gonna say that that honestly, that's a pretty fair description of well, I think what I do most of the time if I'm looking for feedback on a deck, I will I usually don't have it in physical form yet. I will usually I will put together the deck digitally. um, And once I have done all my looking around and figured as best I can figure, I usually send it to um, these guys, these two other people on uh, this podcast. Howdy. uh, That's us. Gathering podcast um, for it. He submits it to the show. Yeah. (laughs) To the show. Yes, exactly. And um I mean, generally, when when I do that, it's just like here here is what I've got for this. Here is what I figured out. Here's my best attempt, mm-hmm. and just look at it. Give me feedback. Give me suggestions if you have it. That generally is my method of looking for feedback. Just kind of putting it out there. 
Yeah, I think it's also it's a lot of times like it's you have the complete hundred cards like done, and I think <laughs> usually any feedback is we may have come up or we may have just been aware of an alternate card um, <laughs> that you didn't put in there or something similar. I think is usually the feedback that they get. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I I typically I typically am gonna suggest something that's just like I don't know oath of druids, because um, <laughs> I like seeing it. And Josh runs a lot of creatures. Well, really, I'm talking about one specific deck. I have to yeah, honestly yes. say though, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I have any more advice for um for your Arcades the Strategist deck. So good on you for that. I think that one's hey, pretty tip top <laughs> shape. Pretty pretty solved. I think. But that is um. And that, that's a that's a good starting point, I would say. But for some people, because you've been friends with us for like 100,000 years, and that's mm-hmm. barely an exaggeration. Literally. And so like approaching us with with like needing advice for a deck is pretty, mm-hmm. I'd say pretty easy because you can just, because well, yes. even if we are mean to you, which you should not be <laughs> if somebody's asking for deck advice, like, you know, we're pals and buds. So we can mm-hmm. kind of jab each other a smidge. And that's okay because sometimes, you know, We'll do that because we're pals and buds. But mm-hmm. if you were a, a, a newer person and you might not have a um, a particular play group and right. you are, um, you know, at a store or something, um, a thing that I would suggest is um, if you are... Dog. Dog, why? Sorry, my dog <laughs> is yelping at me, leaving me terrible reviews. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you were it's at a good a, bit, Dan. If you were at a, um, you know, an LGS or something, the things that I would, you know, one of the things that you can do is just hand your deck over. It's the thing that I see a lot when I'm at, at uh, LGSs. It's happened to me a couple times where somebody says, hey, here are the actual like cards that I have for my deck. Look through this and just tell me what you think. And that's mm-hmm. pretty good. People get the hands on it. So that means they're invested. You know, once mm-hmm. they have the deck in your hands, they can't say, oh, I need to go do something and then just jet because you know it's right there and it's magic yeah. cards they're gonna look through them oh, um yes. a thing a thing that i would um maybe suggest is if you know that there are cards that you 100 percent are gonna run because i don't know they're pet cards or something that mm-hmm. you really like maybe just don't even put them in that thing that you're handing out just put them somewhere else <laughs> like back in the box and then just yeah. hand people that that you got left because you know nothing hurts quite as bad as like the card that you really like one of your favorites being just like oh i'd cut the heck out of this i just, yeah. <laughs> just slash that right out of here <laughs> you know that's your baby and if you don't want anyone talking bad about your baby you know just tuck it in yeah. and then present <laughs> and then present them with the crib and the blankets but leave the if baby in the box if you're someone like me and you have this you know this penchant for just putting Nakata war pride into decks for example <laughs> you do have to be prepared for you know everyone um who doesn't who is who isn't here to help you uh to tell you to cut it because they're like it's six cmc for a three three it dies mm-hmm. to removal it's a bad card and people will tell you this blatantly false information all the time <laughs> they will well because it's not six for a three three it's six for 
as many so three many. threes yeah. as your opponent potentially has. So I as the day is long, never. all the three three. And one of the things I, I do want to circle back to, Josh, like so, like whenever you whenever you send us one of the deck lists, I think a lot mm-hmm. of times, um, at least from the outside looking in, really what you're looking for, in, like in that is you have the deck and you've done like the you know the brewing, the construction, the balancing of like the mana costs and stuff. And you could buy that deck and play it as is, as you said, like yeah. you built it digitally. I, I I see it as like you're typically just looking for one, just kind of a general evaluation and for specifically, did I miss anything for what I'm trying to do? Would you say that's correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of times when when I do get feedback, like it, it usually will be like card specifics. There'll be a specific card where it's like, if you mm. run this, it will do these cool things with all these things you're running. Um, Mm -hmm. and so very often, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for specific card suggestions. If I didn't find something. Yeah. Just like something you may have glanced over during the brewing, during the searching. Yeah. I was searching keywords that didn't bring it up and that, but outside the land of keywords, this does a neat thing. Mm hmm. And if you are like a new player and you're not quite as enfranchised, cause you know, for I, my example was, you know, you're somebody who just kind of cobbled something together. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. just from yeah. like a binder yeah. or something that you might have had. But the mm. the internet, or at least a few websites that are not forum run, are your best friends. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're just mm-hmm. looking up cards like Josh mentioned just then, and that was in the yeah. deck building thing, you know, just mm. blanket. You can look up blanket keywords or rules text, just like hey, I like plus one plus one counters, and then you just search plus one plus one counters, and then mm-hmm. you'll get like all the cards. So that's just one of the ways to go. Mm. Um, another thing that helps if you do have a cobbled together mess. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the, the best ways to learn and to get advice is that you actually sit down with a group. Hopefully they're a very good group. We'll talk about how that <laughs> works later. Cause right now we're going to assume <laughs> yeah. that they are and yeah. just play mm-hmm. it. Even if it's a pile, even if it's a mess and then just kind of see, well, if I'm playing counters, is anybody mm-hmm. else here playing counters? Like, you know, plus one, plus one counter synergies. And then just like mm-hmm. play it, watch the kind of things that their deck might happen to do that you might not have even known that your deck could do if you just like had run like some interactions. It doesn't even have to be as obvious as just like, oh, hey, double all the plus one plus one counters, you know, like yeah. the weird mm-hmm. things like, uh, you know, when a creature gets a plus one plus one counter, pay one and you make a servo for some reason, because I think <laughs> that's a thing. That's like a, a uh, module of some sort from right. I think so. I think so. Yeah. And I so, think so, you know, there's all sorts of weird things that you might not see in playing the deck. You'll mm-hmm. learn what stuff doesn't actually jive in your deck mm-hmm. and you'll see what stuff might work really well in the other decks. And even if you don't necessarily get that information, you know, outright, because maybe someone just isn't playing plus and plus encounters. Now that you've played against like, say, three, maybe four other people just afterwards, just say, OK, hey, guys, what did you think of this deck now that you've seen it like actually in action? Mm-hmm. And now it's not somebody like looking at your list, making speculations. There's an actual mm-hmm. granted it's one test, but there is a test of its um, merits and credibility. Yeah, yeah. And you can get more like firsthand advice when the plays that you might've missed done or didn't mm-hmm. know that you had mm-hmm. are a lot more fresh in your mind. Now, granted, I, once again, I know that this is like, you know, COVID hard to do, <laughs> hard <laughs> yes. to do that one, uh, but mm-hmm. that is, or it that is should one of the be if you're acting I, right. It should be yeah. if you're acting right. But if you have like, you know, if you it's you and you have like three roommates, but you're not all like, 
really, really friendly. It's just like you all kind of live together and you just happen mm-hmm. to play so that the emotion yeah. is still very similar to the specific thing that I want for my example. Then this is a perfect example. <laughs> or if potentially yeah. you're listening to this and you're in one of the good countries who listened. And so you are able oh, to just yes. go to an LGS and play yes. regular. Um, or I think you've listened to this, I don't know, three in the years future. in the future. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you don't even know what we're talking about. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> and so I, I think one of the key things there also, it's... Um, it's the the full thing I would also recommend, especially if you're seeking advice for your deck. I think it's know what you want your deck to do, but also at the same time be you know I as someone who brews and tweaks decks quite a lot, I would say like, but don't feel the pressure to have the final version of your deck like in front of you when you're trying to seek advice on it. Because mm-hmm. one of those key things is that what your deck does, what it what its chief strategy is you would want that to be open to change just because if you're not, you're also not really that open to feedback on it. If you're not open to because getting feedback on like what cards to take in and what cards to cut and things like that are, are you changing your deck? And a lot of people, like I know, um, and uh, I'm not going to go too into detail. This going to save for the back half, but like mm-hmm. whenever I have done like a deck tech with somebody or I've you know, um, gone over and like helped deck doctor somebody's deck before. One of the key things is I've always, I always start with like, what, what is your deck trying to do? And that can be something silly. Like you can just go like, I <laughs> want good cards, but everyone's in a chair or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be, but that's going to help the, because I, I, I feel like a lot of the, um, like, like I mentioned earlier, the joke about Nakata War Pride, it's the big thing there is that Nakata War Pride is a card that I want to run because of the thing that it does. I don't want this deck to CEDH combo out by turn four and win the game. I want this card to run the cool cards that I want to do to have big effects. And so whenever I'm seeking feedback on it, I am kind of filtering the type of feedback that I want to get on it through that lens and i I would say don't you know don't stress yourself to be perfect on knowing exactly what you're looking for because if you did know exactly what you were looking for you would already have the exact deck you wanted but have some semblance that way the people who are giving you feedback again assuming like daniel said like you're getting you have good people giving you good feedback they're going to be able to focus in the types of cards that they recommend you Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like say you have a thing, then you're like, you have a plus one, plus one counters deck, mm-hmm. and you're specifically like, okay, well, I happen to have learned recently that there are things that there are things that remove counters, and so you can like, if you know that you want cards that remove counters specifically, mm-hmm. you know, and you're trying to present your deck to somebody and say, hey, I want changes to this deck. I want to add cards that specifically do something when you remove counters. What should I maybe cut from my deck to add those in? Like have an idea of of what you're trying to add or what you're most okay with being removed. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, if you do just lay your whole deck out there and say, hey, blanket, how do I fix this? You're going to have somebody build a deck for you. And I don't know if that's exactly like maybe for some new players, that's fine. And you just want to pilot something like really cool. And the deck building isn't that important to you. You just want to have something legible and then just mm-hmm. read it into the nighttime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's your library. You should be able to read it like a book. You, should, you know what? Read whatever you want. Not a, like, you know, most people don't read books they wrote. That's okay. <laughs> so, so if, but if you do have something that you know for a fact that you don't mind losing, 
be like, hey, I kind of don't want to have this many instants and sorceries. Uh, what kind of like what of those should I cut to add in mm-hmm. these things that do something when I remove counters or things that mm-hmm. remove counters in general? Like if you can have that kind of an idea, that will always help people who are more acclimated to give you yeah. the advice that you might be looking for specifically. Because because really what, what that what that cuts out is um, with if you don't have that clarification, what the advice that you're going to get is whoever you may happen to be asking what you're the answer you're going to get is what version of this deck would they build is what you're going to get. And you know, if, if that is what you're looking for, if that is the type of help you're trying to get, that's perfectly fine. Like, um, I mean, for example, a lot of people will submit deck lists to content creators because they're wanting to get, like they basically have gotten the deck to whatever state it's in, but they want to know, that person who they respect as a deck builder and they just want to know what their version of this idea would be. And if that's what you're trying to get, that's, you know, also completely fine. But I think it comes down to, you just need to kind of know that going into asking for advice, because like, if you, I I know for me, I actually am, I tend to be pretty particular about the type of advice that I seek out, at least in a deck that's finished, because I like to have a lot of, I like to have my fingerprints all over the decks that I play as much as I can. And so there are a lot of choices that I make that are like, you know, uh, strategically suboptimal, but it, it, it feels like it's more of my deck because of that. And you kind of have to, you know, filter your asking through that, that way the other people know, because if they don't know that that's what you're asking for, they don't know to give you that type of advice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the general mm-hmm very good advice is be specific about what you're looking for and don't mm-hmm. be afraid to say i know this isn't necessarily a good card that i'm running but i like yeah. it um and if you're yeah. dealing with you know someone who's uh, an enjoyable person they're not gonna just poop on your head because you like a card that isn't very good. <laughs> um because you, you refuse to cut nakata war pride yeah. or yeah. um <laughs> or any number of other cards but i and think it, golly, it's also, if they poop on your yeah. head about it then don't talk to them yeah because that's people that gross poop on your head. there's a pandemic and i think though it's also key like i i think you know feel free especially like if you're if you're asking for it like online and whatnot and you're kind of you're asking the most number of people a lot of whom are going to you know be complete randos functionally Mm. completely feel free to you know ask follow up about why they would recommend a specific card if it doesn't immediately gel with you because you know you could have have you know a correct instinct on it where you just look at a card and you know that's not the kind of card you want to play you know um a lot of people who will just recommend the top end of the power curve for your colors that will just happen a lot but also like if you are um if you don't immediately you know if you don't immediately get a card recommendation feel you know at least i would say again assuming you're in a good group of people to give to get advice from ask follow-ups about like why they think they that they're like why they would recommend this card because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll recommend it based on like oh well it synergizes with these other cards you're running yeah reinforces your theme and they'll give a more tailored recommendation card by card that way a lot of people Mm. won't do that like it, you would have to find someone who is incredibly generous with their time um, who is going to like recommend a bunch of cards and then give you like a big old page reason as to why for each one. But right, like it's yeah. on the on the ones that you are kind of like that raise your eyebrows and the recommendations that you do get. Yeah, I would definitely say like feel invited to ask follow ups on that because they're going to be able to kind of 
in like even if you at the end of that you know added detail still decide like i don't think i'm going to run that you mm-hmm. at least now have a better idea of why they recommended it which will help you know that know more about why you don't run it yeah. which i think will also help you filter more suggestions that you'll get yeah because i know that i as someone who has been playing magic uh about uh about a decade now i guess which feels disgusting yeah, to about. say um there are definitely times where um someone will suggest a card for one of my decks and i'll look at it and just be like but why and they will they will explain to me the synergy that i i just am not seeing and it'll be really mm-hmm. cool i you know there are just sometimes things you just don't see and they do something neat you didn't think about Yep. But maybe I I'm just another, stupid. It's probably both. Um, it could be a mix. <laughs> another important question to ask, and I know mm-hmm. that, you know, in I, I see it online all the time. It is kind of like a meme of sorts. But another question to ask, you know, and you've probably seen it, or if, you know, you're more in franchise, you've probably seen it, but that old thing where somebody will post two cards and they'll say, does this work like I think it works? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is yeah. an important yeah. question to ask, especially if you're new, because there are things that enfranchised <laughs> players still get wrong. And mm-hmm. so even though people may tell you, hey, just read the cards and you'll learn, try to get like try to find somebody. And this mm-hmm. is once again, we'll talk about this in the second half. If somebody asks this questions, try to find a better way to answer than just read the card. Explain <laughs> why yeah. it doesn't work. But, yeah. um, but asking that question, typically you will get somebody who will tell you a little bit more of the in-depth things about magic. Because there's still stuff mm-hmm. that we're still kind of trying to figure out now, especially with it's, new mechanics yeah. coming out every yeah, magic year. Magic is a there's complex be... game. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's like, and I'll even say, like, I like in this show, in episodes prior to this one, we have definitely, you know, on the air, thought a card or a combination right. worked in a way that it absolutely oh, yeah. didn't. And then it just, um, and then it just doesn't. Like, yeah, and then it like, just doesn't um, work that way. A, a recent example I can think of in my mind is uh, I was playing against somebody who was running a, um, uh, it was a Tasa Karlov deck. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think. I th- it was one of the Tasas, which is the one that doubles death triggers. Tasa Karlov. Yeah, it was Tasa Karlov, and it says, mm-hmm. if a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Um, and then it also says creature tokens you control have vigilance and lifelink. I forgot about that part. That's also really good on there for some reason. Uh, Um, (laughs) But the person who I was playing with um, Mm -hmm. thought that that also meant that you would get double sacrifice triggers. Like if you Mm -hmm. have something that said, Mm -hmm. sacrifice this creature, do X. But that isn't a death trigger. That is a trigger upon being sacrificed, which are two different things. But if you're Mm -hmm. a new player, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, it's sacrificed, so it dies. And I could see you thinking that that would be how that works. So another thing is that sometimes early when you're playing, you might be in a game and somebody may point out to you that doesn't work how you might think that it does. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the best advice I can give you, because, you know, there's obviously really rude ways that somebody could point that out, but I've seen people get very Mm -hmm. defensive. um, Yeah. That being a thing, it's just understand magic's been around since 1993 and Ish, then it's, yeah. it's yeah. changing all the time. Mana burn's not a thing, but now it kind of is specifically on one thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's, it gets weird. So don't, I, I to this day do not assume I know everything. Don't assume you know everything. Nah. Every now and yeah. then, like you'll have a thing that might even be a key piece of your deck that you might mm-hmm. just realize, oh, 
whoops. And that's okay. <laughs> it's okay for that to happen. It's just about, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's a good time to ask for advice. Okay. Just be like, is there something that does what I thought this did? Yeah. But that would work right. with Tasa. And then, you know, you can open up that channel. It's just the key is yeah. to not get very defensive because everybody makes mistakes. And for magic, you kind of have to have those pointed out. It's a yeah. game that loses a lot if people are too flimsy with the rules. Well, so, mm-hmm. so in it's that vein, it's where, just, you know, be open. Yeah, and it's also like magic is not a thing like... And, and I, and I kind of want to be, I want to make sure that I'm clear with it, but it's, there are people who really, really understand the rules of magic due to having played for like each of us have been playing for about 10 years. There have been people mm-hmm. who have been playing for, it came out in 93, basically as long as I have been alive. And so yeah. even those people like magic as a game is not actually a thing that's intuitive. It's a game that is arbitrary because the rules and how things work are decided by a company who decides how things work because that's how they want them to work. So like, just like Daniel said, it's, it's not, it's not only like, don't be like, you know, uh, stubborn, but like, don't, don't, you know, kind of be rigid in how you like, Oh, it definitely works this way. And don't be, you know, open to, uh, uh, people kind of you know correcting or adding more context there but also don't feel bad about not knowing why things interacted because at the end of the day things interact because a group of people at a building in washington <laughs> just d- randomly decided that they worked that way and so like it's there's not anything like intuitive or not about how the game works and you'll still like it's even if you are you know you <laughs> consider yourself a you get to the point where you're like an enfranchised player and you really think you know the rules just recently in icoria a new mechanic will come out that people who are in franchise players Mm -hmm. will have a difficult time grappling with because it's a new thing and it works the way that it works right but you are bringing into it an understanding of the game prior to that you know and like that was one of the things with you know mutated as a recent specific example but yeah like it's oh yeah uh, i um mm -hmm. on stream last week Mm -hmm. i was playing a mutate deck and I actually, mm-hmm. I had a card that got frogified. It was enchanted with an aura. And mm-hmm. it said, uh-huh. oh, this creature is a 1-1 frog. Uh-huh. And then my brain was still thinking of mutate, like, you know, casting an aura. And I was like, uh-huh. well, I'm going to mutate this dirge bat onto my 1-1 frog. But because of how layers work, it is still a 1-1 frog because it's not a new <laughs> thing that is added in the layering above the aura. If I had played a second, uh, yeah. like if I played an aura that was like, oh, it's a 3-3 elk now, it would no yeah. longer be a frog. But because I mutated it into a 3-3 bat, the layer puts it right equal to the card <laughs> that is still enchanted. Mm-hmm. So I essentially yeah. spent six mana to have a 1-1 frog. <laughs> to That's do really nothing. And it's, I didn't, I didn't it, know how that layered. I didn't know. Well, in another and another neat thing about this isn't even really layers because layers are a pretty complex uh, concept to get, even if you are like a deeply enfranchised player. Um, mm. But like, so it's again with mutate. I was playing um, on on arena. Like a lot of people who are new to commander may be coming from standard. I was playing the mono red aggro deck, running um, robber of the rich. The relevant text mm. there is: if you attack with it and you have fewer cards in hand, you will be able to steal the top card of your opponent's deck and you can cast it. I stole a mutate card. However, um, a fun thing about mutate is that it's specifically onto a non-human creature that you own. So 
because okay. it has to be the owner of the mutate card, I actually could not cast it for its mutate cost onto any of my things. I can mutate it onto Ooh. one of my opponent's creatures, and that's it. And that's Ooh. and like that's not even necessarily an interaction. That is literally on the rules text of any mutate card. And again, I've been oh, playing geez. Magic at you know kitchen table with I've sometimes played you know upwards of eight to ten players in a single game, and that's just something like it's that is an example of me just not reading the card thoroughly. And that's that kind of that same kind of thing where it's, I kind of assumed that it worked in this certain way. And then, you know, when playing something like a digital client that doesn't have that, it actually does not allow for misunderstanding of the rules. Hmm. I then learned something new about the mechanic, which is actually really interesting. And that's another thing. Like it's, um, it doesn't really get into um, the main topic here, but like, you know, playing, if you're someone who plays in digital clients, especially with the current, <laughs> the current way the world is it may be more mm-hmm. likely than usual it's that's also a way where it's you will have to like if you do misunderstand a key mechanic part of your deck if you're playing it digitally that's something you will actually learn really quickly because you know magic online or arena or whatever you happen to be playing won't really let you mess up the rules unless it's a bug but generally it won't let you actually like break the rules or mess up the rules in some way. And so if you thought your deck works in a certain way and then you're playing it on moto and then an interaction doesn't go how you thought it would, that's probably a thing where you should look at those cards a bit more closely so that you understand kind of what you're playing a bit more. Hmm. Hmm. I think for that, um, the only, I guess, uh, so I think to summarize like that first half there, it's, um kind of know your deck to a certain extent that way you can i think that'll also help just you know what feedback you're getting that is relevant to what you're doing and what feedback is not relevant um Mm -hmm. and and I, i think it's also it's it's you know be open to explanations and also just ask follow-ups whether that be on a specific card recommendation or um or anything else just so that the people who you're getting advice from can know a bit more about what you're trying to do and you can know a bit more about why they're recommending certain things. Yeah. And also just if you, cause, cause one of two things will happen if you do ask mm-hmm. for just like, look through my 99, tell me what's up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that people are either going to say the whole 99. No, thank you. Or they're going to say, <laughs> Oh, you mean my whole 99 and change almost every facet of your deck. <laughs> <It's>, right. <laughs> but there's, there's very little in between that you'll see mm-hmm. every now and then you will get somebody who just says, Hey, no, this deck looks sweet. And that's, that's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> but like yeah. that, no changes. <laughs> and, and you will get there, but if you are like mm. new and kind of coming in, that might not be your first experience, but if it is power to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With all that, uh, we, I guess we want to go ahead and move into the second, uh, the second round, the second half of the show. Um, and, and again, like if you're still new, I think there's going to be some stuff here because it'll also probably, hopefully, help you filter out what is um, good, what what is good advice, and what is actually bad advice from the people you're going to be receiving it from. But this one is going to be, I think, more focused towards the enfranchised player or just the person who is being asked for advice on a deck. Uh, so I'll put it to the floor. Uh, what, what, adv- what advice would you have to people giving advice? Uh, man, there's a lot of places I want to start. I want to, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to find a happier way to start than the way I was going to. Cause I'm, no. Oh, I get so aggravated sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. I would say, um, if you are an enfranchised player, mm-hmm. um, and this is a wrestling term, 
and it is called um, a face promo. Okay. Um, a face mm-hmm. in wrestling is a good guy, but you know, if they're about to fight a bad guy, how are you supposed to talk to the bad guy while still being a good guy? And it's to make sure that you talk up all of the things that that person does has done that is impressive. And then, you know, in wrestling, why you would still beat them, mm-hmm. which is to say, if someone hands you a pile of 99 cards and mm-hmm. you, and you know, it's just like some weird kind of straight from the binder kind of thing. Like I'm always going to think back to that Wasatori deck that I played against, yeah. but if somebody's bringing <laughs> Wasatori binder and you're looking through it before you give any advice, I would just recommend say the cards you like, say the good stuff, say the good mm-hmm. stuff in the card to this player. Cause if they are new, that means that they get this idea that they are doing something right. Like if you look through and you can't find anything, then you, <laughs> then interesting. <laughs> I yeah, right. I would love to see what that are, list. <laughs> are there no lands in it? What is no going lands? on? But you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. a player wants to feel like they're doing something good. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. if they play the game and they get like completely beat out because stuff's not meshing and it's just kind of whatever. If you look through, even if it's cards that you like that aren't even necessarily good, just, you know, say things like, hey, I like this card. I like mm-hmm. this card a lot. I run this in a couple of decks. And if there are mm-hmm. choices that are good, make sure that you say the good choices. Like if for some reason they're like had, you know, cultivate Kodama's reach and maybe like a migrations path and they just happen to throw those in, you're just like, Oh yeah, cool. You yeah, got, you got yeah. your ramp. You got like, so that's good. That'll help you get mm-hmm. out the Wasatori faster. That's a, that's a good call. And then that feels good. It feels good mm-hmm. to get those things. And then from there, maybe go into the pieces that are just like, now this, I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And when you say it that way, it gives them a chance to kind of answer back. Because yeah. if you're just like, I don't really understand yeah. why this card would be in here. And if they're just like, oh, I just really like that card. Like, it's like a pet card. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then, yeah. It's, it's just like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily mesh well. But I do get it. I, I have plenty of decks where I have that same yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, totally. you know, you do that thing. It's like, that's this is the scenario where somebody's just handing you the pile. Yeah. If they're handing you the mm-hmm. pile, talk the good. Talk the good yeah. first. Work your way. Don't just look at it and say, well, you don't have any mana rocks. <laughs> and that's and and I think like that's one of the key things there. Like you know, uh, like Daniel mentioned specifically, you know, like cultivate Kadama's Reach, Migratory Path, um, and like the and these are cards where ramp is such a is a thing that's in so many decks that everybody has fifteen different opinions on what the best ramp pieces are for the colors. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. you can, and I think you can, you can approach recommendations because like, you know, and I am someone who runs migration path and migration path is not an optimal ramp piece <laughs> in a lot of different mm-hmm. decks. Um, mm-hmm. I run it like at, uh, in our previous episode, I mentioned running it in my giants deck for a specific reason, but in general, like you would want to be doing something there. And I think that's kind of a point where you can go like, you got ramp pieces. And especially if you're giving someone advice, I think the assumption there is typically, either like in the uh, example earlier where Josh is just looking for examples where like he may have just glossed over a card or by a fluke of a search engine, it may have not come up. Mm -hmm. It's use that as an opportunity to say like, these are like ramp is a good example because it's a thing that's in basically every deck. It's like, these are good hero cards that I may just happen to know of, or may happen to have on my mind that you have may just have literally not thought of, or that you glossed over that mm-hmm. maybe better fits in your deck for this reason. Um, a, a, a better example than just like migration path bad, because I do run it and I think it's a good card <laughs> is yeah. um, it's in an a explosive in a, vegetation. That's a redraw later. I think yeah, it's got cycling. Good. It. It's pretty good. It's and good. so like, 
I I have a uh, I have a Grismold deck, and Grismold is a deck that um, basically wants to make tokens and then kill tokens. And so, like, I could be running, let's say, uh, you know, Rampant Growth, for example. And Rampant Growth is a perfectly like no one's gonna bat an eye at somebody running Rampant Growth in a deck for ramp. It's just a standard hmm. for ramp spells. However. It's if if um, I hadn't already found it, but it's I have to have found it so that I can give it as an example right now live. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's I now run a card. I now run the card Perilous Forays in that deck, um, and uh, Perilous Forays as an example. And you may be able to then kind of put together the the ultimate point here is three and two green for an enchantment for one mana. Sacrifice a creature. Search my library for a land with a basic land type. Put it on the play tap mm. and then shelf my library. A thing that Grismold has an abundance of is creatures for me to sacrifice. I have things that will benefit me from sacrificing creatures, and I still need to ramp just like any other deck. Now, this card may not be a better, it may not be a good cut for like, you know, a rampant growth, but if this is a card that you know of, you know, this is an older card, came out, what, 2005? Someone who's new to the format is likely to have just not been playing Magic when this card came out. And so this is a like that would be a point where you could go. You're ramping here. Here is a card that I am just aware of that does this thing that you're already doing and is good that you're doing, but it also has extra synergies, extra benefits for the deck that you're doing for the deck build that you've got there. Yeah. And that kind of I yeah, that's a good segue for um, a point I had, which was that mm-hmm. when you are suggesting a card to someone, and, and I feel like you've been kind of putting it this way, but um, a, a better way to, a good way to be is basically put it as, do you know this card? Or have mm-hmm. you thought about this card? Um, do that rather than being like, you should be running this card. Cut this and run this card. This and card's better. Like, you yeah, know, it's like, why? Oh, because it's just better. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's less of a conversation at that point. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, put it out there. Let them look at the card and make the choice. Don't don't mm-hmm. ever try to dictate to someone what their deck should be because it's their mm-hmm. deck. You know, it, yeah, it's, you know, what, what you guys have been talking about. You know, it's don't you're not trying to turn the deck into your deck. You're making suggestions for someone else to consider for the deck that is theirs. And part and of that, so, yeah. another good question yeah. to ask if somebody mm-hmm. is just, you know, handing you a deck asking for suggestions or, mm-hmm. you know, a list or something. And and my examples are going to be more in-person focused, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I've, I've had a lot of those. Um, mm-hmm. Is, is you know, don't ask somebody is just like, oh, man, well, are you like broke? <laughs> no, yeah. and I've, I've actually never seen that. Uh, I'm, like, I've never yeah. seen anybody just straight up be like, hey, man, get more money. Unless it's I've been like a, online, a jab at somebody. Person. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But like, you know, a good question to ask before you start doling out like a bunch of advice before you be hmm. like, oh, you got plus one, plus one counter synergies. Have you ever heard of, um, you know, a uh, doubling season? <laughs> um, maybe ask, well, what is the budget for the deck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way you have a good starting point. So you're not just jumping into like, oh, well, you know, it's really good. Sort of feast and famine. It's yeah. just like, because if you're running a lot of ways to get your lands out, you're going to probably want to untap them in your second main phase. Make mm-hmm. sure that you mm-hmm. have a, a decent baseline. Cause then I'm, that might be a thing. Cause if somebody's new and mm-hmm. all of their decks are only like 50 bucks, cause that's been their budget forever. Yeah. You know, they might not necessarily know what the term budget for a deck means because it's just like yeah. this is how much i have like i had no idea that there was all these different terms and stuff back when i was buying decks all the time i just had decks worth different amounts 
Yeah. But like, right. you know, so if somebody's like, hey, man, I got this deck. And it's like, oh, well, what's the budget for the deck? And they're like, oh, I don't know, man, like 30 bucks. And then you go, okay, <laughs> I, yeah. I know where to put my advice now for, right. for like a $30 list. And, and I think you know, that if also... you can't build a thirty dollar mm-hmm. list, then just say I I don't know if I specifically can help you, but you know <laughs> yeah. I could point you somewhere where maybe somebody could. And it's mm. a thing where it's I think that's also part of the conversation where I mean, like we we gave we gave you know one half of basically the same advice point, but make sure that you understand the person's deck who you're trying to give advice on. Like it's you know I mentioned like Grismold if. I, if I were to just hand you, let's say if I didn't show you the commander, I just hold, I just handed you a Golgari pile of cards. Mm-hmm. You don't inherently know what my deck is, you know, necessarily trying to do. And so I think it's also key to like to either, um, I think a really good example, like one of my, uh, one of my favorite times when I have done actually been in that position is I had played someone's deck one V one. And then after our game, they handed me their deck for me to kind of go through it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean like in this, in that example specifically, they beat me. They beat me in that match, but they just knew that I had been playing longer. And so Ah. I was taking a look at their cards and a lot of it was one. It's I learned a lot about their deck because I had played it and, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like a pub stop match. I got to see a lot of what their deck was doing. And uh, in that in that specific instance, it was a Locust God deck. And so I was able to go Mm -hmm. through and I kind of knew one. I know what that deck in general is trying to do, and I knew what their version in particular was trying to do. And I think this comes down to also just, you know, uh, I mean, uh, without being too preachy, I think it's also part of just, you know, just be a good face for the hobby. Like mm-hmm. magic is a hobby that is, you know, it has enough barriers to entry as it is without people being, you know, douchebags about it. And so right. like, this is the thing where in playing, you know, it's, I'm, it's, I, I like to think that I'm just kind of naturally a pretty friendly person, but it's, I would ask them about cards they played. If I hadn't seen them get played before, I would comment on cool plays they were doing. They would then volunteer like cards that they were playing that they really liked in the deck and so that made like the whole process of giving advice much easier for me because i had taken the time to know the deck i was working with to tailor my advice to it because like it's like just like that same thing like it's i basically will never recommend wheel of fortune as an upgrade to a locust god deck mostly because (laughs) it's anyone who anyone who will genuinely take that advice and act on it does not need me to tell them that wheel of fortune exists and that's just kind of like a heuristic in my head anyone who is aware of a card and is willing to drop two hundred dollars on a card does not need me to tell them that that card is going to fit i will will actually i'll i'll dispute you on that just a little bit Mm. because we do have a friend named lance and lance Mm -hmm. is willing to drop (laughs) Mm-hmm. crazy yep. cash Big on decks dollars. and he just doesn't have he doesn't quite mm-hmm. have the um i don't want to say encyclopedic because that's terrible knowledge. yeah he doesn't have the encyclopedic knowledge of all the cards yeah. but i feel like <laughs> yeah. you know if the deck called for a wheel of, of fortune we could say hey lance um it's expensive as as a heck mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. wheel of fortune's a card and it does this exact thing you want he's one of the people that i think might yeah. do it he and might. just didn't know he it might. Exists. and i do and think that that isn't the norm but I, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe not always applicable, but I mean, I feel like that's yeah, maybe uh, the way that that's in the same conversation is don't give them that advice because if they because then they will do it. And yeah. it's very expensive. Right. Yeah. So for their well-being, maybe don't. 
and that and that's kind of again the key thing there it's part of knowing the deck and you know it's if you're in person it's a little it's a little bit easier but like you know knowing the person or at least knowing what they're trying to do with this deck um i feel like that's part of it because it's uh and and this is i think uh, i don't necessarily think this is like you know a large segment of the community or anything but like magic is a game that is uh incredibly complex like in a in a mathematical and a computer science sense where it is there's not actually a way for a computer to predict the most optimal play for any given hand mm-hmm. i bring that up because what what i want that to illustrate is that magic is not a game that is solved where there was always a single set of the best possible pieces the best possible deck list for any given strategy that someone is trying to do mathematically if you think that there is, then you are wrong mathematically. And the <laughs> point mainly there is that like, it's, it's even if like, you know, I think that uh, path to exile, um, one white exile, a creature, they go get a basic land. I think that that is an incredible piece of removal and a lot of decks need removal. And if they're in white, this is a good recommendation. Even though I think it's a very good one, I do not, you know, go into deck recommendations immediately going, if you run white, you have to be running this card because that's just not how the game of magic works. That's one of the things that I think makes the game, you know, exciting. That's one of the things that a new player is going to be excited about is is the fact that, you know, you really can play not completely. You can play literally anything, but, you know, you can play Mm -hmm. a huge amount of things that are all roughly equally viable or that are all at least viable enough and that again Mm -hmm. is part of like it's how you know it's are you trying to build this deck the most powerful you can in these colors are you trying to have a very very low mana curve for what your deck's trying to do i think these are things where it's don't go into you know your list of recommendations with a bunch of assumptions that the other person has not given you for what their deck is doing or what they're trying to do with it. Cause again, it's like, you know, just as much as you could look at a deck list and go like, Oh, well you could cut this and run just the exact same effect, but cheaper. If their deck list is running, you know, some kind of silly strategy where it's everybody's in chairs. If the card you're recommending yeah. doesn't have chairs in it, that is a useless recommendation. <laughs> and then you're not actually giving them the advice that they're yeah. looking for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is, this is just kind of a weird question. I thought of that. I wanted to throw out because yeah. I've seen, okay. One of the, my least favorite things that I see, and this could just be me personally, and maybe it's because I feel like it's a weird sacred thing, mm-hmm. um, but I see people asking, you know, they'll post a picture of like, oh, this is like Glissa the traitor. And uh-huh. and they're just like, hey, any, uh, it's just like thoughts on uh, Glissa as a commander, any advice on running her? And then mm-hmm. the first comment is like a different commander. <laughs> they're just like you should just play a different commander who just does this thing better for some reason to me like once someone has picked the commander mm-hmm. i will never give them the advice to pick another commander because that yeah. seems like it was a, a thought out choice like if somebody says oh man i had these cards and this was in the colors then maybe mm-hmm. i'd be like okay well there's better yeah. things for whatever this is but if somebody like especially if they post it on like a forum mm-hmm. and they're just like hey man I got like this weird uh, uh, Tetsuo Umazawa. I want to play yeah. Tetsuo Umazawa. It was in my binder. I have no idea that it's worth a bunch of money. <laughs> I just happen to have it. I just want to play this Tetsuo Umazawa. And somebody's just like, uh, don't. 
don't that's, do that. That's just like the worst thing to me because that's their. Yeah. That's the commander. That's the guy or the girl mm-hmm. or the blob or the frog in the zone. <laughs> yeah. Like, for uh-huh. some reason, to me, it's like a sacred thing. So I would. I do not give specific commander suggestions unless somebody mm-hmm. directly says, "Hey, I want these yeah. colors. What do I build?" But if they're saying, yeah. "Hey, tips for this commander." <laughs> Uh-huh. I don't care if it's just a vanilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. You run them. I mean, you say Muragonda yeah. petroglyphs. You give them where creatures <laughs> with no abilities get plus three, plus three. That's the thing mm-hmm. that you should suggest. In my opinion, I was wondering what you guys thought about that kind of thing as well. I mean, yeah. if they are being really specific and they're asking a specific question about, um, I'm going to run this card. Give me suggestions on how to build around this. If you just tell them to do something that isn't that, you have just completely not answered the question at all. You've answered a question that wasn't asked. And that's like if someone mm-hmm. posted on some forum, I'm super excited to get my first motorcycle. What's a good motorcycle to buy? And someone says, you should buy a, a 98 <laughs> Honda Accord. <laughs> and it's like you you are not you are not participating you might as well have not shown up for this discussion well what if it's not like that crazy of a thing since it's like you yeah. know it's a simic commander and it's between tatiova yes, yes. and the new serpent that does essentially the same thing tatiova does but gives you an yeah. extra land drop and someone's uh-huh. like oh i want to play tatiova they're just like i want to play Tat-. like do you do you think that somebody advising uh-huh. someone to even though they've said i want to play tatiova Mm-hmm. Do you think that, and you know, they posted it on a place, mm-hmm. so surely they have a computer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or a so, phone. I mean, I mean, or you could phone. at least, you could, I don't know. I guess it. Because I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd just say, no, nah, I'll help mm-hmm. you build Tatchova. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't think I would be as sacred cow about it as you are. I, mm-hmm. I would like kind of the advice that I gave earlier on, which was about how you present an idea. I would never say, don't run Tad, you overrun this serpent instead. I would say, yeah. do you know about this card? This could be in the 99. Mm-hmm. Also, I have not put it out there. If you decide that you like it better now, you know that it's there. If you wanted to change your mind about the commander, I wouldn't say any of that. I would show the card. Oh, you know what? I like that approach. It's mm-hmm. like, if you know yeah. that, like, it's just like, oh, well, you could just run the serpent in the deck. It does essentially the same thing Tatiova yeah. does, but it gives you an extra land drop. You can just put it in the 99 and they'll go, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And then they'll keep seeing it when they play <laughs> and being like, yeah. huh, <laughs> you know what? And then you let them figure that out on their own. So then it's their yeah, decision. It's that That's genius, moment. actually. It's, um, it's you give them the new there. commander suggestion in the 99? <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Oh, I, my God. I think, I think it also comes down to, like, I guess for, for me in that same situation, like, yeah, like with Tatiova, I, with Tatiova, I would probably be a little bit more focused about it. Mostly, like, it's, I would I would probably say, like, in, in my recommendation for the card, I would probably like literally list out what I think are the relevant differences there. Um, and that that's hmm. assuming that like, you know, like in, in this, uh, in this thought experiment, I'm not allowed to ask them follow-ups because I think like, you know, my, my most accurate answer <laughs> is I would just ask them follow-ups about what they want to do with Tatiova. But let's assume like they have no idea. They just want to build Tatiova and that's it. Hmm. I mean, the, the thing is I look at Tatiova and Tatiova is a, you know, we talked in the last episode about using all the text on the card. She's a milk. The, the new, the, the new serpent <laughs> you could, depending on what you want to do is, uh, in, in one build of Tatiova strictly better because it gives you an additional land drop. 
if what you're using Tatiova to build is a landfall deck. If you're using Tatiova to build Merfolk Tribal, and I recommend you some random serpent, I'm not helping you at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. And, or, or if you're building Tatiova as Simic Life Gain, me recommending the serpent that does not gain you life is also an unhelpful recommendation. And right. so I think it's one, I feel like you can avoid being, you know, a little bit of a tool and just telling people <laughs> to not run cards they like by asking some follow-ups in the in, like in an event like that where there actually is a really close um uh really close example of like a very similar card mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh, i think josh's josh's idea there is really good if you just know of a card that's similar mm-hmm. um no i love that idea yeah just like put that, that out there because the rules and it, and it, it helps them grow as a player it's that exact thing where yeah. it's it's again it's it's that's a card that's perfectly fine to run in the ninety nine of Tatiova. It's perfectly fine to run Tatiova in the ninety nine of that serpent, who we will not name. Apparently, <laughs> I, I, I to give its name. I actually don't know the name um, of of the serpent. That's why. I, yeah, I, I was like looking it up because I only knew it in French for a long time because it just that was the only way I'd seen it spoiled. <laughs> I, I just looked it up just now. For me, there are two exceptions to the rule. There are two exceptions Mm -hmm. to the rule. If somebody Mm -hmm. is showing me in person, because someone's showing me in person and they're not actively on a computer using it, I'm not going to assume that they haven't just like gone to a website and Mm -hmm. looked at Mm -hmm. multiple. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of situation where like, because some people just get these, you know, it's like when you, when your friend moved or something weird happened and you just got boxes of cards. Yeah. from your friend he gave mm-hmm. you like two or three boxes of just stuff and that happens mm-hmm. a lot more often than people think or just like a yard sale and mm-hmm. they just pick yeah. up something and then so if that person just is coming with me to me with the thing then maybe maybe i would suggest it just because maybe they don't know like yeah. but if someone yeah. is like on the computer i'm my assumption is that they know <laughs> or if somebody yeah. uses the term i run it for the colors if someone ever says I run yeah, it for the colors, yeah. then I don't care. It, it, that means the commander means nothing to them. And it's yeah. like just as bad as a basic. It's just, you know, whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. That, that's the, that's I think. And I'm like, that's one of the big things there, because it's like, I mean, like um, I talked I talked in the last episode about my Samut giant tribal deck where Samut does do something for the deck that the deck wants. It gives them all haste. Um, but if, you know, if I just happen to overlook a Naya legendary giant that says all giants you control have flying and it has eminence <laughs> or whatever, and I just happen to not see that, yeah. like, and this is kind of where the, the two halves of the episode kind of overlap because it's, again, this gets back into kind of have an idea of what you want the deck to do. And again, like there, there will be a lot of times where you just look at the card and you think that that card's really cool. And you just want to build that creature, you know, based on its art, based on just like maybe, maybe based on personally what was going on in your life when you got it. That's a, that's a big reason. A lot Mm -hmm. of people build a ton of decks. And Mm -hmm. so like, I think it's also just kind of no, like it's, it's and like the, the commander community, you know, just like anything does have people who suck in it, but also has a lot of people who match that kind of personal experience with the game. And so I think it's, you will kind of get a lot, you will get what you give in that sense where like, if you have Tatiova, you want to build Tatiova because a friend gave it to you before they moved away. And so that mm. means that it's again, unless someone is a mega tool, they're not going to tell you to just run the serpent. Cause it's better. It's like your friend will understand right. this card's just got a mechanical advantage. <laughs> your friend. <laughs> I'll probably bleep part of that out oh, we'll i got see. you i got you but but um, like and, that, and that's part of it there so it's, word. 
And so that's the kind of thing it's, it's no more about the kind of, uh, again, like the help you're trying to get, but also, yeah. Like if, if you know of a card that's just objectively better to you, maybe then assume that there's either, either they didn't see it, they don't know about it, or mm-hmm. maybe there's a reason that you aren't privy to that's why they're running it. And yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. would say if you're trying to give the advice, ask a follow-up so that you can be giving better advice. Like if I know that I, especially when I'm giving someone advice, I'm volunteering my time and I'm not exactly in love with my time being wasted. So like, I want to be giving them advice that I think is going to be helpful and relevant to what they're doing. So ask like a follow-up question. What do you like about Tatiova? Do you like the art? Do you like what it's doing mechanically? Do you like the fact that it's a merfolk or that it's a druid? Like, what is it about it so that you can also be giving that better advice? And I think, <laughs> Maybe I think they, that they're honestly, building a, um, they're building a landfall, but not the keyword tribal deck. <laughs> That's right? really funny. Actually, I would get how a newer In player would be having a hard time because <laughs> I would be having a hard time logistically finding those cards. Yes, I think you just search yes. whatever a land enters the battlefield and gather. This is advice. If you're on Scryfall, <laughs> just search for the rules text. Just mm. click on because there's a thing you can click on for commander identity. Click the blue, click the green, and then in the rules text place, right whenever a land enters the battlefield. <laughs> and then I think you can, can you search on that one? Can you like take out specific things on Scryfall? Do you know? No. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so depending yeah. On what, depending on which yeah. field, but yes. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe there's a way on that one to also just be like, don't show anything that says landfall. Right. Cause yeah. there are some search engines where you can do that. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, another I'm piece in- of advice I want to give if you are an enfranchised <laughs> player, um, mm. And this is worse to me than just don't. Yeah. Like, like if somebody says like, Hey, I want to run Tetsuo Umazawa, any advice? And then you just say, don't, that is a Mm. terrible thing to do. Don't do that. But even worse than that to me is when you just post a link to EDH rec, because I think that shuts down conversation so much quicker than just being Mm. like, don't do it because all Mm. you're doing is saying, Hey, there's no reason for us to talk as a community. It's all right. been figured out. Go here and look. <laughs> just find the cards that are the cards and then do it. And you mm-hmm. just post the link and nothing else. Do not do that. When yeah. you post EDH rec, don't. <laughs> I'd rather you just say don't. Because mm-hmm. then at least maybe someone can talk to you. Because like it's, it's sort of like the um, birch trees conundrum. Where it's like, what do you say back what? to somebody who posts? Oh. It's a why this, not that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got it. I've listened to <laughs> the like, episode of the other podcast, yep. Calm down. If, if, if somebody <laughs> just, like, you're just like, hey, tips, and then they just post you the thing that just has, like, every information about every commander deck ever built, like, okay, man, shut down the forums. Just <laughs> turn to take off the commander reddits. For what purpose? And why are you in those? <laughs> Why are you in the forums if that's your go-to? And that's, and that's part of the thing. Like it's, uh, I feel like, like, like currently in the, in the, in the online commander discourse, there's a lot of people. And I like, I definitely think, I think of myself in this camp that, that would bemoan or kind of say like that, like there's a problem with commander staples. There's too many cards that are auto includes that are strict upgrades. They make the format more homogenous. They're less, you know, you see fewer and fewer creative decks. And if you are 
just giving advice by way of sending someone to EDH rec, the aggregate that has what other people are already running in it. What, what you are then, what you are doing is you are pushing the format as a whole to be more homogenous. It's to even be more worse samey. than if you were to just look through their 99 and build the deck yourself. You're saying not <laughs> only do I want you to build my 99, I want you to build the 99. The yeah. the absolute like yeah. go there just copy paste the whole front page. I want mm-hmm. you to build like the most of the community's ninety nine <laughs> that could possibly and, exist, and that's what I'm going to say here in this forum mm-hmm. in this group, mm-hmm. and that's my advice because mm-hmm. I'm a robot person that or I work <laughs> for EDH Rec. Now, once again, I feel like and I feel like I have to say this almost every episode. EDH rec isn't bad. I like EDH Mm -hmm. rec and I like what it shows. I think it's very cool, but I do also constantly bring up the fact that it, if it is people's main source, it is going to like, as Drew was saying, it's going to homogenize so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, in that regard, you would be better served like, and, and, you know, coming from someone who, uses edh rec when brewing right like i'm not even saying that it's even a bad resource if you are someone like me who bold-faced will lie in a podcast and say they want their decks to be original but like (laughs) you would be better served instead of just sending them to edh rec teach them how to use scryfall to find the cards they're looking for and this is even like again let's say if somebody is you know they say like hey i just picked up i just started playing magic in double masters for some reason that was the first set i started playing (laughs) i picked up a full art atraxa i want to build planes walkers and i want to focus on (laughs) counters or whatever and like you know like this person is brand new they don't know that what they're building is going to ruin all of their friendships and like relationships forever they don't know that they're a sweet summer child and you know that the deck they're trying to build you know is solved it's still better for you you know rather than pretty cynically just go oh here's edh rec for that exact you know archetype and all this kind of thing then just like show them how to search for things that care about counters, like show them how to use it because then what you're actually giving them is it's if they're going to build, like if what is in their heart is to build that deck that you have seen a billion times before and you kind of knew whenever they were asking for that, you knew that deck existed already. If that's what they were going to build, they're going to get there regardless. But if they were going to have, you know, if they were going to build something that was a bit more creative or just maybe they have different planeswalkers that appeal to them than like the standard attracts well, that's the thing is they like, now know so how to search walkers. Yeah. And they now know you have you have opened up like it's. It, you know, if you're if you're like, if they're going to get there, they're going to get there. And so I'm just going to go ahead and cut up the middleman. They'll get there regardless if that's what you think your end goal is, giving them the advice there. But it's they now have the tools to build anything, even if that may end up having that player go to a different command or a different strategy entirely. And that's more useful to them. That's actually more useful advice. Learning how to use the search engines for magic. There's like 20,000 cards now is so key to act i mean this is a teach a man to fish kind of thing like it's that that is the exact kind of recommendation there it's they will be able to find you know synergies that edh rec won't show you because it's not the most popular thing and they will like they will be more likely especially than if they had just gone edh rec but they'll be more likely to 
build a deck that is even if it's just slightly more unique or slightly a little off kilter it helps the format as a whole do the thing that is the most attractive thing about it in that it being just not homogenous not samey yeah like if you like if somebody approached me and said hey i want to build i want to build atraxa and i want to build planeswalkers the way to do it and you can still even name drop edh wreck but all yeah. you have to mm-hmm. do is give like one or two card examples first. Mm-hmm. You could just say something like, well, the way that I would do it is that it would be really bizarre. But what I want to <laughs> do is that I would want to turn all of the planeswalkers into creatures somehow. With like <laughs> March of the Machines and Mycosynth Lattice. And then I could actually uh-huh. attack with my planeswalkers and kill people with combat damage via planeswalker. But I know mm-hmm. that's not for everybody. So there right. are some... There's there's plenty of like um, uh, options over here, and then you yeah. post the link. But still, give a little bit of advice before you just before you just here it is, here it is, <laughs> here is. Mm-hmm. And typically, here is EDH um, and the way that I I really build decks and use EDH rec is that I I find all of the the things that I specifically want to do mm. on Scryfall first, and then like when I have some slots open for like okay, well what is what are the typical answers that this deck would run like finding answers and stuff is where mm-hmm. I would then use EDH rec the stuff that your mm-hmm. deck needs, but not necessarily the stuff you care about. And that's the stuff that I'll yeah, go yeah, find, yeah. but I don't want to find like my win conditions there and mm-hmm, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But that's, that's just cause I'm a little, a tiny bit hipstery, but I also yeah. <laughs> really genuinely like certain staples. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's weird. I'm like a, I'm like one of those, really cool nerdy guys that likes batman Ooh, <laughs> but not like i don't read like Are batman they? i read detective comics batman Ooh. oh yeah detective comics batman <laughs> i know what the dc stands for yeah, yeah and, I think, and i think that's the key thing so like it's and like I, and i'll say this because it's um and <laughs> Uh, th- this might be a bad thing to have this late in the episode as actual advice, but like I, mm-hmm. I am, I am a member of a couple forums, and I will see people you know who are asking for a specific build or anything like that. If I look at it and I know in my head, I go, I, I like again, like let's say it's a Traxa. It's the only interesting thing that I know that I will bring to that recommendation is I will just recommend them run Spore Counter. Atraxa, which is a suboptimal <laughs> bad build, and it's very yeah. funny to me. But I have never recommended that to anybody who is like coming to me for advice on Atraxa. <laughs> it is a thing that I've talked about, I think, in like half of the episodes of this podcast. And so, I really but like, like it. it's I, if I'm scrolling and I see that, you know, I'm on a forum or I'm part of a group or anything like that. And, you know, I, these groups are large at this point, especially for Commander. You know, there are 16,000, 60,000 people. If I'm not, if I don't have what I think is good advice or anything that's, you know, more than just linking them to EDH rec, I just move on. Like, I think if you're not directly approached for advice, recognize, like, you know, maybe, you know, look over the post and see if they are asking for something specific or anything like like that you can't help with. But also, I think, you know, if you aren't directly approached to give advice, feel free to go. I have nothing novel or actually helpful to add here. And then scroll on. I think it's also <laughs> key there. That way you mm-hmm. aren't incentivized to just go, well, I want to post something. I only know the EDH rec would do well for this build. Here's that. Cause everybody can do that. That's not something that you were actually needed there to do. And you can 
<laughs> free up your brain space to do other things. <laughs> yeah. And and another thing is like um, you know, if you're in person cuz you know there are understood, you know, there's mm-hmm. the social contract. I say in the biggest possible air quotes because fine. But I <laughs> understand. So big block out the word. I understand mm-hmm. and it does mm-hmm. exist. And mm-hmm. so like if a new player uh is coming up to you and they do say something like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I noticed that Atraxa, because here's the thing about Atraxa, is that the text on it is very open. You could do anything with it. And yeah. so I could see a new player being like, thinking this is a novel idea, being like, mm-hmm. oh man, you could proliferate counters. And I know a lot of people like plus one, plus one counters, because everybody's playing big creatures, <laughs> because they're very new, and they haven't learned that it all mm-hmm. is just, you know, an infinite combo at this point. And they're yeah, saying, right. yeah, because everybody wants to put plus one, plus one counters on all their creatures, and that's really cool. But... I was thinking, well, what else has counters? Planeswalkers. So you could like alt your mm-hmm. planeswalkers mm-hmm. faster. I could picture, I could picture the sunshine in their voice as they say that to me. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. you know, you give them the advice, but you know, sit them down and say, listen, if you if you take this deck and you play <laughs> it against other groups, like this is not a strategy that people find that some people don't find incredibly fun or engaging. Mm-hmm. You might yep. get focused, and so, you know, just, um, and that's going to happen just whatever, because, you know, attracts yeah. it. So I can kind right. of understand being like, you know, be wary. You know, yep. maybe set it, set the tone a little bit of just saying, run attracts if you want to. 100%, absolutely. Do it, no matter what. Don't let mm-hmm. anything sway you otherwise. But Atraxa does have a reputation that you might not have heard about. And just like, mm-hmm. just because she <laughs> gives extra plus one, plus one counters, and you say, oh, my sweet, beautiful baby. You don't, know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You don't understand. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. But listen, people, they're going to come for you. And I think that mm-hmm. that's an okay thing to to set in their minds. You know, obviously don't scare them off, but it is okay to mm-hmm. let a newer player know because a new player doesn't want to sit down at a table thinking, oh man, I got my Attraxa Planeswalkers decks. How novel. How neat. And then <laughs> everyone at the table goes, oh my uh. God. And they, they just because, and then they're just like, well, I guess I'm done playing yeah. <laughs> because they still don't uh-huh. know what half of their cards or, do because they're just handed to them. Or again, if they if they're like, I I like being you know the 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 big bad guy that the table has to fight, then they also just get to know that. But you're setting like that accurate expectation of what that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some because some uh-huh. new players like that's the hook that gets them. Yeah. Is when there is because uh-huh. for some new players they'll play for a while and be like none of this really like clicks with me. But then they'll mm-hmm. play something just like, I don't know, Mana Barb, Zozu. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, why did you do that? And then they're just like, what do you mean? They're just like, why yeah. are you trying? Why are you being annoying? And he's like, everyone's Wait. talking about me? It's like, yeah, now we, we get hurt if we play lands or tap them. It's a shock whenever mm-hmm. we play a land and then we get pinged. It's like a it's lightning beautiful. bolt if we play a land and tap that land. And then they go, what is this in it? What's lightning bolt? <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they ask. Yeah. And I'm saying, yeah, there's a, uh, one thing I did want to touch on, because, you know, mm-hmm. we did say have an idea um, yeah, for the mm-hmm. kind of advice yeah. that you want to get, but mm-hmm. do understand that Commander Legends is coming out. There are so many open-ended partner pairs that are going to exist. So if you are, you know, enfranchised, um, there's going to be a lot of people maybe posting things that are just sort of like, Hey, my artifacts, I control have protection from each converted mana cost among artifacts. I control partner. And then also, uh, you know, <laughs> this one that stops 
coin flip instants and sorceries. And they're just like, what do I do? Be patient <laughs> because these, because yeah. a uh. lot of these partners have been made specifically incredibly open. And so mm-hmm. yeah. you're, we're going to get more of this than probably ever before. I think Yeah. in, uh-huh. in regards to just commanders that are printed, that are so open-ended, even the three color ones are so weird. So even mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't, you know, have a mm-hmm. full idea it's because nobody does there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah. here and also they actively chose two uncommon partners which is cute but you know yeah. you know or at least you assume but then you play it and it's fun and your love comes back for the game get in there champ <laughs> that's another thing if you're in franchise just allow a new player to be excited just you know yeah. if they're doing a thing even if it's planeswalker or Traxa, and you hate it, that's because you're old and grizzled at this point. I'm enfranchised. I can say that about you, and you can say it about me, but for these new mm. players, you you let them excitedly be like, I can't believe mm. I put two mm-hmm. more counters on my Ugin. You let them have it, at least for mm-hmm. one game. Then later say, okay, now we need to have a, a, a little chat. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm gunning for you. Or yeah. a, again, like it's that's the kind of thing. Like it's, it's I'll say, you know, as as an unfranchised player, if somebody is on a forum asking for a Traxa, like help with a Traxa Super Friends, they do not need my specific help. I keep scrolling. If they, if someone is yeah. talking about like, if someone, if I see an attractive post and they say like, I want to do not an obvious thing. What is an off the wall thing? I'm going to get in there with spore counters every <laughs> single time. Cause it's cool to me. I like and, um, I'm always going <laughs> to be yep. going uh, yep. planeswalker beats, opalescence mm-hmm. and chant at evening. Mm-hmm. Swing in with those things. Get them. <laughs> listen to our, op- listen to our, uh, Ozolith episode. Go back and listen to deck tech Ozolith. <laughs> Uh, Josh, any last pieces of advice? Oh, I agree with all of it. <laughs> all right, Drew, but you no, got any yeah, last no, the, no, oh, wait, the main, no. The main okay, thing. fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. It it all comes back to <laughs> not being just yeah, offering up advice and being nice about it, meeting them on their level of experience and excitement, and don't be forceful about what you're suggesting, even if you are someone who really knows your stuff. And you're mm-hmm. suggesting a strict upgrade from something they're playing. Don't don't be a booty boy about it. Be nice. Don't, We're having don't fun game. We all heads. like it. Don't poop on, their, don't heads, poop on their heads, or they shouldn't talk to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. And so, um, I um, if any of you mm-hmm. who are or who are listening um, have any good advice, or you will have any examples of somebody who maybe gave you very good advice. And mm-hmm. you want to just kind of like talk up somebody for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say any negative, but like if you remember an experience where somebody <laughs> was very unhelpful and it was a thing that we didn't even think somebody would actually say, like, you know, you mm-hmm. came to the table, you were new, had a tracks of super friends and they torn up your car liberated in front of you and left. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, that's a very Ugh. good example of something not to do. So, you know, yes. just let us know good experiences, bad experience, advice of your own that you may offer or reasons why our advice might be a little bit uh, uh, numbskullish. If you can <laughs> come up with any any good reasons put for all that. of your put all of your advice advice down in the comments. Yeah. yeah. Or Thank alternatively, you. put all of your advice on the places where people are asking for it. And don't just yeah. say don't <laughs> and don't just link to EDH rec. 
give advice or scroll by if it's something that you don't play or don't have any idea about. Yeah. Or if you think you might have something to learn, look in those comments yourself and learn something. And that's another thing. If like somebody's got a weird attracts a planeswalkers deck and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can go in there even with planeswalkers and try to give something as a deck building exercise, I guess of a Mm -hmm. way to make planeswalkers different, get in there and do it. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll say, why would I do that? I just want to put a bunch (laughs) of counters on my Ugin. I genuinely don't understand why this is a problem yet. And And they say, yeah, like that, where it's like, (laughs) they clearly do know it's a problem, but they're doing a bit. Just let them do their bit. They know they're going to learn something. They just don't know what they're going to learn yet. And that's the entire fun. That's uh, just but life, with all you know. that said, uh, we have demonstrated the loop. We move to the end step and concede. Goodbye. I'm going home.